breaking down all the plays and getting you in the action. We've got you covered all season long. Welcome to the BCSN Nation podcast powered by Marco's Pizza. Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome on into the latest edition of the BCSN Nation podcast powered each and every week all year long by Marco's Pizza. Pick yourself up a pizza, pick yourself up a Sub, drinks, all great stuff at Marco's Pizza. We appreciate their sponsorship of this program each and every week, starting back in August all the way until now. My name is Justin Feldkamp, joined alongside by Steve Rockowitz. It's a rotation in the spring. Baseball and softball, back and forth we go. Our resident expert on the softball side is Steve, and each and every Wednesday at 3 o'clock, a new episode of the BCSN Nation podcast powered by Marco's Pizza drops wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and at bcsnnation.com slash podcast at BCSN Sports. Any and all social media platforms at BCSN Sports is where you can find us. All right, so let's jump right in, Steve. Uh, Since we last spoke on the podcast, we had the Anthony Wayne versus Springfield showdown, and it turned into what we expect. Occasionally, you'll get a game that lives up to the hype, and this one certainly delivered. Down 4 nothing. Springfield came back five unanswered runs to secure a home 5-4 to four victory. It was pretty easy, it seemed like, for Anthony Wayne early on. They got a couple of runs that second inning on the home run by Cat Myers. Came back with another couple of runs, a two-RBI single by Megan Sumner, four to nothing. It looked like Anthony Wayne really was going to be the team that, you know, was going to run away with this game a little bit. But you never know exactly what's going to happen between these two teams. Uh, Maddie Yaki seemed to be a little bit on the ropes in those first two innings, but she found a way after that. Once she got the lead, and that lead really was started by her in the fourth inning. She got a base hit, Ava Linton with a base hit, Cam Eckert with an RBI single, and then it was Cam Kenya Crowley, who just absolutely crushed one over the wall, and that was really the difference in the game at that point. They went up to four, went up four to four at their point. It was tied. Um, they got another run after Cat Myers came in and uh, relieved uh, Brooklyn Patchen at that point. But after that, Cat Myers was just absolutely ter- terrific. She struck out eight of the nine hitters that she saw, but the cows had been let out of the barn at that point. Yeah, a number of different players. What keys? What I key in on there is up and down the rosters for both teams. So many key contributors. Kenya Crowley, I believe, is a sophomore. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, so she's a sophomore. Last check, uh, 17 for 37, 14 RBIs, three home runs, one of which you mentioned right there, hitting 459. So just up and down the roster. I think you touched upon this two weeks ago in the previous podcast uh, in the fact that most teams can have their one, two, three hitters top notch, but teams that take it to the next level that are ranked in the state rankings like both of these teams are. The last check, uh, the latest rankings, Watkins Memorial number one in D1, Springfield number two, Anthony Wayne number three. Those are the types of the teams that one through nine can get it done. Well, there's offense absolutely up and down the lineup. You look at the the pitching for these two teams as well. Maddie Yaki, just absolutely terrific. We talked about this at the last podcast, Anthony Wayne with two great pitchers in Cat Myers and Brooklyn Patchen. It's really tough to have to deal with that. Cat Myers came in after Brooklyn had some trouble in the matchup. And as we said, eight of nine hitters that she saw after she gave up the 
uh, RBI single, she struck out and it was an even close after that. So you look at these two, it's not unusual, I guess, at this point that you look at the two teams that they swapped position from second and third state ranked. Yep. They'll probably do that a couple of more times uh, through the year. Yep. So uh, at the top of the standing, Springfield right now undefeated in league play. Then Anthony Wayne, Perrysburg in third place uh, at the standings here, 11 and 1 overall entering this past weekend. Napoleon, Bowling Green, Northview, Maumee, and Southview on down the list we go. And that's the current standings. And really, it's kind of hard to believe, but as we near May 1st, we are pretty deep halfway through the regular season. Yeah, we're getting to that point right now. Not only are we deep in the season, but we're deep in makeup games is where we're going to be in a, in a little bit here because these teams, you look at a lot of them in the NLL this week, they're playing four or five games this week or trying to anyhow. It got kind of messed up yesterday with the rain again. But yeah, you start getting into this point of the season and not only do you have games to play that you have scheduled, but somehow you got to figure out how to make those makeup games in as well. And that's really kind of taxing on teams that only have that one pitcher. Yeah, of course. And then when you get into the sectionals and, and districts and you're trying to make up regular season games intermixed with those tournament games, it becomes a little tricky scenario for coaching staffs. The rematch, by the way, between Anthony Wayne and Springfield is May 8th. May 8th is the rematch that will be at Anthony Wayne, and that game can be seen live on the BCSN Now app. We are certainly looking forward to that one. That's the NLL. Let's move on down to the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. And just entering this past weekend, St. Ursula was undefeated. They were 7-0. Brooke Bowers and Jenna Lutz, the top two pitchers on that team, both getting pretty much equal reps and both delivering for the Arrows thus far. Yeah, since then they have got, they're now at ten and two. They're three and one in the track as far as St. Ursula goes. Whitmer right behind at eight and seven overall, seven and one in the track. So as we said, uh, St. Ursula has a lot of track games to make up already in this one. Talk about Jenna Lutz, boy, she is just absolutely terrific. She had a no no on Monday night against uh, Fremont in a thirteen to nothing win. It was a five inning no no because of the run rule, but currently. Uh, 1.24 earned run average for her, and she's just absolutely getting it done in the circle. You got to like what you see out of her. We talked about it in the first podcast. While Whitmer was the favorite, SUA is a team that you really, really have to watch out for. Yeah, we're going to look forward to those matchups and kind of how they play out the rest of the, the regular season. And Bryn Antal from St. Ursula, 7.59 average. I don't care what level of softball you're playing. Uh, that's getting it done. 22 hits and 29 at-bats. Uh, she also has four stolen bases. Um, she's, she's just delivering that one-two punch and with the sense of uh, in the circle, but then also having some bats with those types of averages and statistics only pays dividends on down the line. Yeah, and you've got Brooke Bowers as well. She's hitting 467, four home runs, 23 RBIs, and she does duty inside the circle as well, 224 and run average. You got to like those hitters that can also get it done in the circle. Yeah, and uh, standings update that you just gave us there, St. Ursula and Whitmer at the top, uh, Finley, Central Catholic, Clay. Uh, Clay still has some pieces. It seems like they might be going through a little bit of growing pains, but uh, Coach Radaball over there knows how to coach and could surprise maybe an Ursula or a Whitmer in, in one of those later regular season games. Get a chance to see them tonight. Brad Wasnicki and I will be doing that game. So um, I think Clay is another one of those teams, as you said, it's a team that's got to learn how to win and they will find a way to do it. And uh, Brenda Raderbaugh is about as good as they get. 
All right, so we'll see what those top teams in the track. Yes, a lot of attention at the state level, and deservedly so, lies within the Northern Lakes League with the Springfield's Anthony Waynes. And in recent history, Perrysburg has gone on uh, some trips to state with Bree Pratt, who's now pitching down at Miami, Ohio, down in Oxford, along with um, Springfield's uh, former pitcher, Turner. She was uh, such a dynamic player, not only in the circle, but uh, with a, a bat as well. Taylor Turner doing such a good job. It's great to see a, a Mid-American Conference school with two players from Northwest Ohio are their key uh, pitchers at the college level. Let's move to the attack now, Steve, as we continue here on the BCSN Nation podcast powered by Marco's Pizza, episode 33 here toward the later stages of April. And in the TAC, we have Emmanuel Christian and Northwood at the top. I know Northwood was playing weight on BCSN earlier this week. We have Maggie Woodward from Emmanuel Christian, a 591 average in the latest statistic update that we have, and then a 1.46 ERA in the circle. So another one of those multi-tool players who can hit and pitch. Yeah, and she's getting it done even at a bigger number than that. She's over 600 after the last game uh, on Monday, and she has taken that ERA down as well. So again, those two dynamics that you put together and and it's so hard to be able to spend a lot of time on your hitting and then you've got to go and do your practice work inside the circle and be able to do both of them at the the rate that they are just absolutely amazing yeah Emmanuel Christian was uh, 4-0 in league play and they're a team also you know you see the dramatic difference if teams are playing in those tri tournaments on the weekends where they get a bunch of games in in a single day or over a course of a two-day weekend uh, but uh, Emmanuel Christian hasn't had double digit games just yet and like you said it can be a struggle to you know, you're at the luck of the draw. If you guys got games scheduled on a Monday and Wednesday and it rains a Monday and a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday and Thursday, you could have gotten two games in with a Tuesday and Thursday. It's kind of a roll of the dice. Yeah, and it's not easy to to reschedule them on short notice just because of umpire problems that we've gotten. It's getting a little bit better. Our friend Martin Drain has done a really good job of getting umpires in and, and getting some new blood in that area. But still, to try and reschedule a lot of these things, it's got to be an athletic director's nightmare. Yeah, with Emmanuel Christian and Northwood, between those two teams, I believe you picked Northwood in our standings predictions uh, in the original podcast. Uh, would you stick with that? You know, we'll see the matchups between those two teams here in the in the coming weeks, but do you stick with Northwood based on what you've seen since two weeks ago? From what I've seen so far, I'm going to stay with Northwood with my caveat. I get the caveat. No, okay, I? that's fair. All right. And, oh, uh, <laughs> we make up the rules here as we go. <laughs> you know, Emmanuel Christian really has kind of come out of nowhere in my mind. I did not see this coming from them. Maggie Woodward really has a lot to do with that. So, you know, good for her, the ability to do what she has done. And, um, you know, we'll see what's going to happen. I'm going to stick with uh, Northwood for the short term But in the long term, I'll take my caveat. Okay. All right. In the City League, as we continue on here, uh, start is 2-0, just like you predicted back in the beginning of the regular season. Uh, Off to an undefeated start in the City League. Octavia Abraham is the one who stands out to me. Steve leading with a 625 average at last check. And start has played outside of the City League, and they have tested themselves. And I think that that could pay off as they try to build this program, not only during this season, but in future campaigns. Well, it's absolutely huge what they have done absolutely outside of playing in the city league. It's so easy just to say, hey, I'm, we're going to win the city league and we're going to beat up on the teams that are in our league. But they have absolutely done a great job, I think, of, of expanding what they want to do 
or later on in the season. They were 5-1 and at one point in this season. And now we don't necessarily talk about losses, but in this case, it's important to talk about losses. After being 5-1, and they lost to Springfield. They lost to Anthony Wayne. They lost to Defiance. Now, those are pretty good teams, and they did not get blown out out of any of those three. So very important games for them to be able to learn how to win by losing. That doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes, but yeah. I think in this case it does. Oh, competing. I mean, I think that's that's every little bit. I mean, I, in some cases, and you know, I coach at the youth level. Yes, you you do want to win, but when you win in a blowout that's 19 to 2 against lesser competition, would you like that or would you like where it's a great game and you come up short 7 to 4 or 6 to 5, but you you competed and you had to be on the edge of your toes each and every time and you had to be focused, you had to have all the other intangibles that come with playing the game in this case softball where Every little detail matters. Every little mistake or every great play or good routine play that is made contributes to the eventual outcome. And it tells you where you need to go from that point and shows you where your weaknesses are and where you're going to have to to, uh, do a little better job. And I think Start has really decided that that's what they want to do. They want to go long in the tournament. They very well could. Yeah, and Start is a Division One. Uh, size school, so they may match up with those top tier teams. Why they schedule them during the regular season, but uh, that that start team, keep an eye on them as they get the draw here in a couple weeks for the the sectional and, and potential district tournament there, because uh, it is, it is a beast, it is a bear coming out of this area, especially with Springfield and Anthony Wayne. But start uh, has some uh, ground to to gain here, and they're trying to prove it by playing some tougher competition. Uh, as we look up and down the list, there start and wait at the top, and then Rogers, Bowser, Scott, and Woodward on down the list in the six team city league standings thus far. Let's finish up our final. Uh, conference here, the Northern Buckeye Conference, Steve. Every team, last check of the standings, had at least one conference loss. So no one's running away with it. No one's undefeated yet. Lake, Eastwood, Elmwood, Otsego, and Genoa. We talked about Eastwood being the team uh, to beat. You said Otsego could have a shot, but now we got another bunch of teams in the mix there trying to sling some arrows at the top. Yeah, we've got a couple of losses down the line. Eastwood's still at one loss. Elmwood at one loss. Everybody else has, since Monday, become two losses in this deal. So starting to separate themselves a little bit. But again, I really like what Eastwood has done. They're 14-2 and two on the season. I like that number, only those two losses. Again, they put themselves in a way in position to win games. Delaney Maynard, 6-19, four home runs. 19 RBIs. She's Ooh. getting it done at the plate. You like those two numbers, the home runs and the RBIs. has just become such an important part of this game over the last really eight years, being able to hit with power. Before that, it was all slap hitting and, and driving the ball in the gaps. Not anymore. You got to have somebody on your team that can drive the ball over the fence get some of those quick runs. Yeah, just looking up and down the list and the statistics, Mackenzie Haiti for Eastwood, Jessica Smith for Eastwood. Talk about Delaney Maynard. You also have uh, Lily Escobedo, a, a number of different players who can swing the stick and, and put some point, or excuse me, put some runs on the board. But uh, that is going to be an interesting matchup thus far throughout looking at all the different conferences and leagues in our area. The one that has the most parity at this point in the season is, is clearly the Northern Buckeye Conference. Rossford, uh, the team in our BCSN footprint, off to a rough start. Uh, last check, one and four in league play, two and six overall, uh, with some games that have been played since then. But but um, 
yes, you mentioned Eastwood still uh, in your opinion, the team to beat. Yeah, I like Eastwood a lot. They uh, bring a lot to the table. They don't get rattled in games, and uh, I just kind of like what they see. Elmwood, to me, a little bit of a sleeper in this thing, and uh, to my feeling, I see go just a little bit of a disappointment so far, but that can turn around quickly. All right, let's get to our last segment of the podcast. It's time for the BCSN Nation podcast question of the week. Send us your question on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook using the at BCSN Sports and hashtag BCSN Podcast. All right, uh, FYI to our viewers out there as we go to the question of the week segment. As BCSN analysts, color analysts, uh, play-by-play people, production staff, we don't have to pay to go to the games. We get in for free because we're working at the job. But if you did have to pay money, Steve, which you don't, they just roll up the red carpet for Steve when he shows up to a ballpark. But if you did have to pay money to see someone as to who would be the best player to watch for your money in Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan, who would it be? Okay. Did I read this wrong? Was it best player or who best would you players? Pay? Well, you there's caveats, right? <laughs> caveats. Yes, so let's just is. start. Let's just say players. We want to feature and showcase a lot of different players. So let's just start. Who would you pay the most money? And then we go on down the list. Okay. The most money that I would pay for right now is from Evergreen. That's Macy Chamberlain. 15 home runs already on the season. She breaks her single season record of 13 she set last year. And I think the amazing part about it as well, not only the power from her, but she plays catcher, which is a demanding position, but also the fact that she's been able to work around it. 10 intentional walks as well. So a lot of these other coaches don't even want to face her when she gets to the plate. So they just send her to first base. 15 home runs on the year. I think she's a dynamic player. I think she's got a chance. If my memory serves me correctly, I want to say 60 home runs might be the Ohio State record of the course of a career. And because of her talents and the way that she's developed earlier in her career, she's been playing varsity as a freshman. So stats, not just for a a junior and a senior year, she's delivered as a freshman so with 15 I mean she's nearing that that chance to to break a record but yeah she is just dynamic I've seen some of her recruiting uh uh clips and just the fundamentals that she has and sometimes I think that players or coaches or parents think that oh they're just naturally gifted yes that is the case but elite level players who are going to division one have a chance to star at the division one level they work at it they work at it and her fundamentals are so so good how she blocks the ball as a catcher how she has footwork as a catcher how she blocks how she uh, freezes a, a pitch to frame it and get an umpire to call it a strike if it's maybe just on the edge or just outside the edge. And then her, her uh, quick hands when she's hitting and how she turns on a ball. And I tell my 11-year-old team that I coach on the baseball side, you know, your whole body, use your whole body to swing. Don't just use your arms. Keep your head on the ball. She does all of that so well. And that's why she has the 15 home runs is because she has that ability with the quick hands, strong strength, and then using her legs, everything to deliver it. Yeah, absolutely. You just look at, at the fundamentals you say that she has, and it's no wonder that she's able to get the ball out of the park. So from that standpoint, 
I'll pay $100 for that ticket. There you go. Okay, so that is one of them, and I, I would agree and concur with that. Uh, as we go down the list, who else would you uh, put on that list? Who would you pay to see? Okay, I'll pay $80, okay, $80. to see from Whiteford, Allie Van Brandt. Yeah, she's great. Hitting 636, way down from last year. I mean, she was hitting well over 700 for much of last year. Yeah. 21 hits and 33 at-bats. Nine stolen bases as well. You talk about somebody who is absolutely dynamic on the base paths. It is Allie Van Brandt. Not only can she get on base, but once she gets on, she is just absolutely a terror on the base paths. She hurt her finger uh, in the game against Springfield a little earlier in the season. She's had to play some outfield instead of shortstop, so that's changed the dyna- dynamic just a little bit for her. But yeah, I'd pay my 80 bucks to go see Allie Van Brandt. Yeah, she was a finalist for our Female Athlete of the Year for BCS Honors this past year, and she is an Indiana Hoosier commit and just does does it all. Uh, great defensive player as well. Her dad is the coach there. Uh, he was taking over for the legend, uh, Chris Hubbard up there. Uh, field is named after her at Whiteford. And you talk about a program, you know, and ever since the word, not just uh, up and down or every once in a while, that is a program that's built from the ground up, from the youth level all the way up. And they continue to deliver deep into the postseason in the MHSAA tournament. All right, I'll spend $75 okay. now to go see Sophia Weigast from Whitmer. Yep. Again, you're looking at over 600 batting average, 605, eight home runs on the season, 24 runs batted in. She is really the heart of that team. What she does and when she does it makes that team go. Whitmer struggled a little early in the season. They're getting their feet underneath them a little bit, and it has to do a lot with Sophia Weigast. Yeah, she is a Akron commit and uh, one of the dynamic players within the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. She, too, ha- has come up the ranks and, and played significant innings early in her high school career uh, for the Panthers. But, yeah, awesome choice there as well. Got a couple more, don't you? Go ahead. I got a couple more. Okay, 50 bucks a piece for these. I'll, okay. I'll lump them all together because they're basically the same person. Okay. Okay, you got Brooklyn Patchen, you got Kat Myers, both of Anthony Wayne, and then you have Matty Yaki of Springfield. All of them, not only just absolutely terrific inside the circle, but they get it done at the plate as well. Home runs, power, being able to drive in runs, all three of them are just absolutely super. I'd pay my 50 bucks a piece for them. I spent a whole lot of money here, that is, but I'll see you. That's money well spent, Steve Ronkowitz. All right, Brooklyn Passion headed to Creighton. Kat Myers is a Michigan commit, yep. I believe, and then uh, Matty Yaki, the University of Toledo commit. Patchen and Yaki, both seniors this year, and then Kat Myers, I'm still a uh, junior. Yep. So still uh, some uh, year plus to uh, prove herself uh, in many different ways for the Anthony Wayne generals who uh, are going to have a continuous terrific season, but all of them have done it with the pitching inside the circle, but also hitting as well. Yeah. Again, and that's kind of been the theme here is we've talked about players up and down the leagues as well. That ability to not only throw the ball, but hit the ball and do all the other things. Very, very important on a lot of these teams for them to get to the top of the league. All right, we are just about out of time here on the BCSN Nation podcast, powered by Marco's Pizza. An update on the schedule. Thursday, April 27th, we got D3 softball between Calvin and Adrian College. We also have Start versus St. Ursula at the high school level on Thursday. And then on Saturday, Rossford at Waite. Rossford at Waite, dependent upon the weather. 
Depending upon the weather, it's going to be uh, maybe a soggy next few days here in Northwest Ohio, Southeast Michigan. So stay posted on that. But we are committed to high school softball here on BCSN. This guy definitely is. Steve Rockwins, thanks for joining us. I am Justin Feldkamp. We will see you next week on the BCSN Nation podcast powered by Marco's Pizza.